Previously on the Fantastic Worlds podcast. And an extremely tall and muscular woman steps out of the caravan. She towers over the local townsfolk as she surveys the scene. Oh shit, I think someone's about to join the party. More people. Excellent. Minette moves inside the building and immediately sees that there are zombies in the room and takes a swing immediately at the first zombie she sees. I'm gonna shake the leg like it's a little rag doll, just pop it off of its socket and shake. <laughs> okay, so she's at zero. What? Okay, well, I'm prone, because I am at negative two. And who, not that I'm not grateful, but who are you? Oh, pardon me. I'm sorry. I did not introduce myself when I entered the fray. Uh, my name is Minette. The, the fae responds in Sylvan. Your mother, dead. Your father, dead. Your entire family, dead. If you do not let me out of this cage. A rough blanket lies spread out on the floor in the southeast corner next to a bowl of half-eaten food. There you see Lady Argentea sitting on the blanket. Pippa just kind of automatically kind of hates her. She's just kind of a little over it. Pippa, you know, you had been kind of gaining a little cough as you were coming through the forest. Before you know it, your face is blue. This is what I get for correcting your vocabulary, isn't it? <laughs> Hi, folks. So we haven't had a chance to speak yet. I'm Jess, and I was introduced last week, as was my character, Minette. I've obviously spent a lot more time with her than you have, so I've had more time to fall in love with her, get to know her, and I guess build her. But I really hope with this episode, you will get a good idea of her whole MO and become equally as enamored with her as I have. I think Dustin did an amazing job of building some role-playing scenarios for Manette with each of the other characters, which really builds her into the story in an organic way. And I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. Although... It must be noted, when I'm nervous, uh, as is happening right now, I get massive motor mouth. I'm going to just shut that down right now because I know I could just babble on and on forever in this sort of jittery state I'm in. But I just want to say thank you all so much, not just for listening, but for supporting us, for supporting me. It has been so amazing and heartwarming to see the outpouring of support we've gotten. So anyways, that's all for me. Without further ado, I bring you episode seven, three meetings and a council briefing. Well, here we are again. It feels like forever since I last saw all of you. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah, we took such a, a long hiatus there. <laughs> yeah, it feels yeah. like years. It's good to be around you fantastic people. I forgot um, everybody's names already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, you all look like you've aged. I'm so sorry. Uh, I would like to formally welcome Jess, Jess Negan, to our podcast. Yay! Yay, Yay 
Jess! She did not get much of an introduction last uh, episode, so I will give her a minute to introduce herself in a minute. We really, really, when we started this podcast, wanted to add a fourth player, and we knew it wasn't going to be easy, because we have to find someone that meets all of our wacky personalities. Um, Well, at least all of your guys' wacky personalities. We thought this was going to be a a pretty hard process, because finding that chemistry is not an easy thing. We happened upon our, uh, our third interview, and we met Jess, and she just kind of fit right in and it, it went a lot faster than I think any of us thought it was going to happen. Same for um, me. Yeah, man, yeah, you definitely. showed up for the interview and you jived with Abby and I, which is honestly the hardest to do because we're so loud. <laughs> that was actually so technically good. the interview. We were, Dustin and I we didn't even factor in. It's like, can you jive <laughs> with Abby and Kay? That was, that was a real interview. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> It was an insta fit uh, for me too. I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> we got this. So Jess, why don't you tell us a little bit about Minette and her personality and maybe about like her alignment and bonds and and all that fun stuff. Yes. Yeah, so since you guys all have talked about the alignment statements for each of your characters and your bonds in separate episodes, I'm gonna do that all at once right here and Minette. I mentioned in the previous episode, she is played by Tiffany Haddish. Gorgeous. She's amazing. And so is Minette. She's very tall. She's half Garundi, which is a race from the Mwangi Expanse, but also spreads into Osirian. So she grew up in Osirian for the most part for 16 years and then spent another 16 years traveling with a Varisian caravan because her mother was Varisian. So she's a, a halfy. And she is lawful good, as all paladins are. But her alignment statement is interesting because she does worship the god Capri, who is a representative of the people who are working class, who are in poverty oftentimes. Um, And so her alignment statement, one of the quotes I used is, at the end of the day, I fight for those who cannot fight for themselves. If that makes me an outlaw, so be it. I've been called worse. And that's from... Forget Me Not by Angela Parkhurst. And actually, that is a, interestingly enough, uh, a story about Robin Hood, who Pippa also draws <laughs> influence from. So we're very, we're similar characters in a certain way and, and unsimilar in other ways. Like Pippa is very, is much more subtle and much more <laughs> sneaky <laughs> than Minette. Minette is just outright like, I represent the working class. I represent poor people and everyone who needs help. That's who I'm there for. And I. So basically, you're the sledgehammer and Pippa's the scalpel. Yeah. Yes, yes, precisely. I like that. I like yes. that a lot. That's a really good way That's of That's a good description. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the hammer. Pippa is the yeah. sickle. So Two sides <laughs> of the same coin. It's it's awesome. Well, I mean, then that rolls right into our bonds. But my other part of my alignment statement is also from a Robin Hood story, which is, God made this money, the fresh air too, for his children's use. He never made the difference between poor and rich. And that's from Life in the Iron Mills and Other Stories by Rebecca Harding Davis. And then for her bonds, from listening to the other episodes, I've created these bonds. So it is a little bit ahead of schedule, as in, you know, Manette hasn't formed these bonds already, but she will by getting to know these characters. So I, as a person, have formed these bonds or conceptualize these bonds, but Manette will form them later as she gets to know them. So 
the first one is Pippa and I have similar aims. I want to help her reach her goals. I think that's pretty obvious. Like, like I just said, I'm the hammer, she's the sickle. <laughs> um, and then Pippa has a hunger for wealth. I want to dissuade her from pursuing coin as it is a corrupting force. I believe we should both be aiming to dismantle the system that requires it and create such disparity between people based on earthly goods. And I know that Pippa is someone who wants to advance her place in society. And I think that's a disreputable aim <laughs> as Manette. Manette believes that's something she shouldn't be aiming for. She should be aiming to to dismantle this system, you know. She this is has this be very rage against the machine ideology. As dismantle the patriarchy. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which is, I mean, and it's weird uh, for a paladin. Dismantle the oligarchy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole thing with, with paladins. Like, usually they're very law-abiding, and the law that is set by nobles is the law that they follow. But for Minette, this is not her steez. That's not her style. Or her gods. Yeah, or her gods. Her god will, she follows the law that her god has set for her and she follows the ideals of her god. She does not follow the law set by nobles or their lackeys as she sees them. So like guards and like police forces. She's like, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me to quote Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) Um, As one does. (laughs) As I always do, because they're one of my favorite bands. Um, And then, uh, so for Odessa, Odessa is sensitive under that hard outer shell, and I want to protect her from the things in the world that will cause her psychological or physical pain. So, Minette has... You're a little late. (laughs) I know, Minette is very ideological. (laughs) She has high ambitions for her friendships with these people, and this goes for her second bond with Odessa, which is, Odessa hides her feelings. I want to help her become more comfortable being vulnerable, at least with her friends. Minette is always vulnerable. Vulnerable, and one way that she has maintained her self-confidence and her sense of self is by being vulnerable with the people around her. So um, she's trying to encourage that in Odessa as well because she feels that Odessa has a lot to hide and that she <laughs> doesn't really rely on her friends as much as she would like. And then, interestingly, I was it's funny because I created these bonds and then I was listening to the other episodes in both... Pippa and Odessa created bonds where they were like, we need to reform Abraxas because he's fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You're always trying to to change me. It was to to help him survive. (laughs) No, I get it. And I was like, wow, my bond is so different, but I'm not going to change it because I put Abraxas (laughs) is unabashedly himself. And I never want him to feel (laughs) that he needs to be (laughs) otherwise. I want to protect his innocence and prevent him from becoming self-conscious in a world that will judge him. And that's just about wanting him to be this like crazy free animal of a man. Manette (laughs) is not typical as a paladin. She is not what people expect as a paladin. And she is also reviled a little bit as a Varesian because there is a lot of stigma leveled at Varesians. And also, it it doesn't help that she is also half Garundi. So she's dark-skinned, she's foreign, she's exotic to these people who are in this land that is very white. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's very much an Esmeralda and we just need some psycho priest to like covet her. Yes, she would definitely, you know, thrust her hand in the air and scream, justice, you know, that she's very much that character. Other than, you know, she's she's not particularly sexy in the way that she acts and moves, but 
she is super pretty and and even though she's tall and bulky and muscular, of course, very attractive and used to people pursuing her. So she has become someone who is uh, very resistant to that. But anyways, moving on. Abraxas's second bond is Abraxas is knowledgeable about nature and traveling through wild areas. I want to learn how to be as helpful when traveling outside of cities and without wagons and the relative comfort of the caravan. So because she has been traveling with the Varisian caravan since she was 16, she does have some proficiency with traveling in general, but they tend to travel from city to city. So even if they're traveling through wild areas, they have this sort of group dynamic and these caravans. And as a protector, you know, she's used to things running a certain way, but traveling in just a small group of four is very different for her. So those are her bonds. That's her alignment statement. And that's a little bit about Manette here and there. Love it. Thank you, Jess. We actually finished part one of book one. So that was a pretty big accomplishment. Congratulations, everybody. We survived. (laughs) Oh, boy. By the skin of our teeth. really close there. Even I almost died. Even I almost died. I was surprised. I was like, oh, my God. That room was a literal kill box. So I think this brings up an interesting check-in point. Um, I would say you guys were probably put to the test as a group harder than you ever have been. There was some pretty traumatizing moments there for all of you. How do you all feel about that? Well, for Pippa's part, aside from the fact that she apparently has some kind of weird disease now <laughs> after last episode. So, STD. So, <laughs> wow. She, that hey, she you know, rubbed she, up a little too close on some of those uh, dead people. Pippa is but, not the player Odessa is. If I've learned that anything. I know. That's like yeah, the wrong person you think so... would, would get it for <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> But she's, um, in addition to feeling sick, she's also, like, uh, she's never really faced undead before. Um, And, like, their entire journey through the forest was just completely foreign to her. Not in her wheelhouse, not in her comfort zone. Like, she's she's confident when she's sneaking into places she shouldn't be or when she's, like, having a verbal argument, sparring match with someone. But uh, she's never actually fought very much before. And uh, so she's a little, she's a little, she's shook. She's, she's not doing well. (laughs) That was, uh, that was dark. She almost died a couple times. Um, Yeah, she's not in a good place. (laughs) What about you, Abraxas? Well, uh, Abraxas, again, is, he's still balancing that. um, He just, I mean, he loves adventure. Going anywhere, just the thought of heading up north again has him excited but at the same time, I mean, he's facing the country of like the boogeyman, his, you know, his childhood boogeyman. So it's, it's that mixed, like, oh, that's great. And then it'll, you know, the realization hits of, oh, there's some scary stuff out there. And in his capacity as a druid, I mean, one of his things, it, I mean, he just hates undead. So to run into them this early, he feels like what he's doing is right. Like he knew he had a trouble style. He, he didn't know the details of it, but that there was something that needed his attention, you know, uh, he was called this way, and to run into them kind of cemented that he's on a mission. He's doing what this is his job. This is what he's supposed to do. Um, you know, is to stop the undead is an abomination for him. You know, it's a perversion of life. Uh, also, you know, he now has been traveling with you know his new little pack here for a while. 
So, but he's still reserved in the back of, you know, he's walking around as a man, doing his best to, you know, walk like a man, talk like a man, but kind of like in the heat of battle where I think it was where Pippa was taking a lot of damage, where I think the round before he started getting like a little feral and then just kind of as her hit points kept dropping or he, he basically saw her get bloodied up and just taking continual damage. And this is somebody who's been basically been, you know, the den mother taking care of everybody where he just kind (laughs) of lost it and didn't have any problem wolfing out. And he forgot because it's been such a while where, you know, he normally travels. Like when he was traveling down south, he traveled in wolf form. But he's been, you know, traveling as a man for, you know, the last several months where he forgot how powerful the form is and how connected he is to both nature and kind of like his ancestry. So he just kind of enjoyed cutting loose and, uh, you know, tearing into the enemies. But like after it was over, there was so much going on, I think probably... on the ride back, he was probably inwardly like, oh, nobody's really asked anything. They kind of just took it in its stride because, you know, he still has some flashbacks or, you know, he knows how quickly, you know, his kind can get run out of town. Yeah. And and I think probably everybody except maybe Manette probably kind of secretly in the back of their head knew there was something like that going on. Wouldn't you guys say? I'm pretty sure my response was, yeah. oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, I mean, his plan is still, <laughs> yeah, I mean, his plan is still to kind of play it as, look, I'm a druid. Our thing is turning to animals. It's just what we do. And uh, he's hoping that's just kind of a general knowledge because druids are pretty tight lipped about their rituals, um, you know, and their language. Druidic. So, yeah, druidic is just, you know, it's it's forbidden for them to uh, to teach it to anybody. So there's already an a air or a level of secrecy that's required for his position. So he's just kind of hoping that's going to be his thing is just, you know what? I'm a druid. We turn into animals. Uh, it shouldn't surprise anybody. Kate, how are you feeling? Kind of circling back to what Jess was talking about as far as Adessa needing to be more vulnerable because she traps in all of her feelings. She's just kind of like, okay, whatever, this happened. And she's just going to continue kind of being like a functional alcoholic and just kind of sifting away the feelings as best she can and like pretending they didn't really happen. I think with Pippa being sick, she's probably concerned and is just, all right, we're going to take care of you. Like, this is going to be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. This is all fine. Like, this is normal. Everything we've done totally normal this is normal life and that's just kind of like i think how she's processing all of this is just you know i've done all this fucked up stuff in the past this isn't kind of what my my life has been like up till this point this is outside of what her normal comfort zone is she's still pretty mad about it being cold (laughs) i think she's also coming to terms with the fact that it's going to continue to be cold well and now you know there might be a way to stop it and so you gotta stop it no more right. and so now she's like i can turn off the air conditioner oh my god let's find a way so yeah and now she's got like her big yeti fur coat and she's just i'm fancy pippa can't say anything though because not allowed well there's no lace there is no lace. That's true. Well, no, but, but it's a fine fur coat. It's hot right now. She looks amazing. I think you need to wear fur and denim. That's the new, le- that's the new leather and lace. <laughs> Keep in mind that even though our characters are liking fur, we in reality have no interest in fur. Yes, oh, no, we only like animal welfare at only some fo- point. Yeah, like, yeah, no only faux fur or fur so. shaved off of men. Preferably. Please no yep. hate mail. 
Yes. <laughs> Minette, as far as her feelings about the whole situation goes, this is old hat for her. She's not super high level or anything. She's not, you know, more experienced than you guys. But she has been traveling with this Varisian caravan for 16 years and protecting them. So, you know, she's seen low-level undead. She's seen zombies before. She's seen this kind Trolls. of thing. Trolls, certainly, yeah. And she's been part of big groups that have protected this caravan. So, you know, even though she hasn't necessarily become super powerful herself, she has helped as part of a large group, protect a caravan from all kinds of different crazy monsters. Got a lot of fun stuff, and I have I a like lot that. of fun ideas for all of you. <laughs> oh, good. It only started with Crocodile Mom. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, my God. We're, we're going to take a few steps back before your team arrives at the wreckage of the original attack. You guys are going to be traveling through the border woods forest getting through. Um, what positions are you all going to be in? Well, Braxis um, naturally starts gravitating to the front. He's used to the wilderness. I mean, his survival's really high, by the way. Tactically, Manette believes that she and Pippa, uh, Pippa being the smallest, it makes most sense that they would ride a horse together. So I would say that about halfway through, you arrive at the little creek where um, the snowman is. There's a little bit of a breakage there where the horses can drink. So I think you guys take a little break because you've been pushing the horses pretty hard. Um, and they had to go up some pretty steep hills in very deep snow to get to this point. Oh, at this point, you guys would have noticed as... Abraxas is kind of taking the lead. What, like when he gets off his horse to double check things, he does not leave any tracks Ooh. in the snow, like whatsoever. So I think at this point, Odessa is probably going to like request. Does anybody have a bludgeoning or slashing or stabbing weapon? Anybody that I could borrow? Just real. Just Pippa just kind of groans and like just kind of like, oh, take my dagger. Just do what you, do what you got to do. She takes Pippa's dagger. And she walks over to where the snowman once was and just gets down on her knees and just like repeatedly stabs the ground in rage. Manette is watching her do this and is like (laughs) horrified. Like she does not know what the fuck is going on. Uh, Odessa, roll me a reflex save. No, just kidding. (laughs) I was like, I I swear to God, if you push me in the water again. (laughs) Anyway, so she then stands up, takes a deep, deep breath brushes her the snow off and then walks back over to Pippa, hands it to her and goes, thank you, I feel much better now. And then just like acts like nothing happened. Like that was it. <laughs> I'm glad you worked whatever it was out. <laughs> I like how Pippa and Abraxas knew exactly what was going on and they don't explain any, nobody explains anything to Manette so she, or Lady, Lady Argentea for that matter. So we're both just going like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> Odessa sees them looking at each other and she's like, there was a snowman here once. There isn't anymore. I've never identified harder with a noble. I'm like, oh my God, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Pippa, roll me a perception check. Oh. <laughs> Nothing good shall come of this. 12. Oh, you no. notice that somebody's missing from your little group. Uh, Oh, God, Jim is okay, right? <laughs> oh, Jim's fine. Jim's like, oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's tasty. Nope, that's wrong. Lady Argentea and I were just looking at each other in the face, so Ten she cannot be missing, Dustin. Dustin, <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> 
<laughs> you notice that ten penny Tacy is missing. Oh, okay. what a surprise! That, maybe that means there's danger nearby. Flipping yellow belly Tacy. Wait, did she steal any of our shits? Because I swear to God, I will kill her. As far as the Braxis knows, you're supposed to take stuff off of a dead body, so he's just assumed that she did. But it's perfectly normal. Oh Tacy seemed like the kind of gal who could take care of herself. Wouldn't worry too much about it. I think if she wanted to come with us, she would have. You guys finish from the horse's arrest and a drink and you guys get back on and you start heading through. You guys arrive where your first battle took place. Pippa had noticed her carriage is missing. Bastards. Um, at the same time, she failed her fortitude save. And I think mm-hmm. Pippa, it started early on, uh, early in the trail. It started with a little cough and then that cough kept persisting and you're just like man i just i have something stuck in my throat and then you look down and you kind of see your hands kind of turning a hue of blue and you just kind of slowly start feeling worse and worse uh manette um roll me your reflex save Woo-hoo! oh no nice uh, that is a 22 you catch pippa as she's about to fall off the horse because <laughs> like she does is- she just kind of swing oh fudge and then nice Wow. You realize that she probably can't stay on the horse. I'm just holding her. So yeah, Pippa is sick. Oh, at the sign of this, the Braxis would immediately stop what he's doing and go check on her. Uh, Roll me a heal check. I'm going to use some of the heal kit. So that is 19. So basically she has the Chillbane Shakes, which is a lesser version of Chillbane Fever. Chillbane Fever is nasty. So she is sickened and fatigued. And the heal check was also to help start the treatment so if we beat the dc of the um the disease she can add a plus four on her next save as you arrive in the town the sun is starting to rise you see one of the guards rush off only to arrive a minute later with counselor euonia my gods be blessed she is alive and well lady argentea we are so grateful to see your return as the pleasantries commence, you all notice that Heldrin has a chill in the air far colder than when you left. You hear Ionia say, come, let's get you to the inn and where we can bathe you and bring you a change of clothes. Lady Argentea actually turns to you all and she's like, thank you so much for rescuing me. I cannot show my appreciation enough for all that you did. And that was such an amazing feat for you all to handle all of Roker's men and handle them so deftly. Lady Euonia, I really really need to talk with you first um we can we can attend to my my mending at a later time right now i must speak with you in the council euonia nods and she goes head them basically to the the local hall um one of the town guards turns to you guys and says euonia has once again extended her offer of the uh, in stay and access to all the food and everything you need it looks like your friend here does not look all that great yes uh please please send for a healer as, as soon as you can I will contact Lady Safendare and she can come and do a check on you. And I'll, honestly, all of you guys look like you need a, a little bit of help. So you guys all head to the Plot and Hook Tavern? Yep. Yeah. I'm along uh, for the ride. So drinking. Yep. <laughs> I've been drinking. It's about 8.30 in the morning. Um, and as you arrive, the innkeeper heard of your guys' coming. And so basically he has set out some food for you guys to kind of grab. He kind of perceived that you guys were probably going to want to go and just go right to bed. So... 
you all trip up kind of the stairs, barely getting up there. You lay in bed just as you guys are all hitting the bed. I'm guessing Manette is probably carrying Pippa. Yeah, I think that's the only reason I'm even at the Plot and Hook Tavern because otherwise I would go to my caravan. Safandera arrives minutes later and basically starts with Pippa. She is able to do a, a lesser restoration. Um, you, so that gets rid of gets rid of your sickness. You're still really out of it though. It's still you still need to recuperate. Um, and she goes and makes sure you guys are hit. Basically, you guys are going to be healed up when you wake up in the morning. So, um, cool. Uh, I do a little bow. She leaves a little pamphlet for when you guys wake up in the morning that says, you know, the church is always looking for support. So before she even left, I gave her a, like 10 gold. Odessa is going to do, let's do six gold. I'll do 10 as well. He'll take his lead from minute. I'm going to say that Pippa is probably too out of it. Too. She's probably, I mean, if she would want to, though, she'd be like, if she's got any energy left, she's like grumbling and flapping her hand at her pack and like holding up a big... <laughs> <laughs> And for those who are listening, because we, this is not a visual medi- medium, Abby held up seven fingers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I held up seven fingers. <laughs> Good catch, Dustin. I totally forget all the time. So yeah. you all pass out. It is 830 in the morning. Pippa, I think you are going to be out till next morning. You are completely. Assuredly so, you know? yeah. <laughs> you almost died twice unconscious or near unconscious. You just got sick. Um, and then on top of the worrying of uh, Dessa falling in the water and everything else, uh, you're just a ball of exhaustion. Abraxas, I think you probably sleep pretty well, too. You take a whole night's sleep. You might wake up to go get some food at some point. But oh, I definitely. Odessa, I think you are the first to wake up and you feel like you have the equivalent of a hangover. What would you like to do? So I think for Odessa, one of the things that's going to be like kind of in the forefront of her mind is I fell in a river. So I think she's probably going to take a bath real quick and just like kind of clean herself up. Also, she blew a zombie to bits earlier and I'm sure there was some splatter damage as far as like blood in her hair. And while it is pink, she and likes a finger. it to be pink. And a finger. Yeah, that's right gross anyway so she's gonna take a bath kind of get herself cleaned up maybe change into some fresh clothes probably wipe off her new fancy yeti fur coat and leave it upstairs to kind of air out and then she's probably gonna go down to the bar and drink herself stupid what can i get you lassie um i would like something that is incredibly strong um probably a little sweet and um i would like three of them we got whiskey that's perfect. <laughs> he goes and puts out a little shot glass and then he just pours the bottle and he starts to take the bottle away. I said I wanted three. <laughs> he brings out two other glasses and he pours them. Sorry, not not good at hearing. Uh, and he puts the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Jim like squeaks. <laughs> uh, and he puts the bottle back and uh, gives you a nod and walks away. All right. So Odessa's going to take one shot and then just kind of sit there for a minute and breathe and then take another shot and then put that down and then she's going to kind of like mull over the third one before she takes it probably sits there with it for a minute and as you're taking your third shot you realize Manette is a few bar stools down from you you probably didn't Mm. notice Mm. because you were so deeply engrossed in your own feelings (laughs) but she has completely noticed this in you, and she has been staring at you <laughs> since you arrived at the bar. She has been at the bar the entire time. In fact. Awkward. Awkward. 
so does Minette say anything to Odessa? Because I don't think she probably sees her yet. Uh, no. Or are you Odessa's... just going to look at her until she feels the gaze and then it's just like, oh god, hi. <laughs> yeah, Odessa's whole thing is that she is very... She waits for others. So she is drinking white wine and she's swirling it in her glass even though that's completely unnecessary in watching you and waiting for you to realize that she is there. Oh, good. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah, so Odessa has finished her three shots and is going to order something else. It's on me! She's going to order... You hear. From and she's just kind of kind of like start and like throw her hands down on the bar and be like, ah, hi, um, hello, hi, okay, um, how are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful. How are you, darling? I mean, I, um, I just kind of woke up so sleepy. I, um, little, caught me a little off guard there. So that was fun. Um, and now I am going to order a mead. And that's kind of where I'm at. You've taken quite a few shots for someone who just woke up. Are you doing okay? Well, it's technically the evening. I suppose you're right, though. I don't feel we should justify your drinking. You should enjoy life whenever you can. (laughs) Well, speaking of enjoying life, if you would like to enjoy your life more, I can definitely help you out with that. Oh, what exactly does that mean, darling? I mean, it really can mean whatever you want it to mean. Well, here's what I would like to know. How are you truly feeling? Because I don't think you've told me the truth in this entire time we've been speaking. I'm sorry. Are you, are you like a, are you a shrink or, because I had one of those growing up and we didn't get along very well. No, and I'm not quite sure what you mean by shrink. I, I'm simply interested in your mental health. You seem a little unsettled. My feelings. You want to talk about my feelings? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I've dated girls like you before, and it (laughs) didn't end well. So this is kind of how it works with me. You can either be my friend, and we can hang out, we can drink together, and not talk about feelings, hmm. or we can do more than be friends. We can hang out with less clothing on, and we can still not talk about feelings. Well, Odessa, I think we can figure this out later, and I'm going to have to pass on all of that for now. And when you feel comfortable, maybe we can speak then. And. Manette downs all of her wine and walks upstairs after slamming way too many coins, way more of them than is necessary on the bar. Do you hear the bartender kind of whisper, but it's all paid by by Lady Euonia as he takes the gold coins. (laughs) (laughs) And before he like pulls away, she's like, I would like two more meat and some pancakes. (laughs) <laughs> right away, madame. And as he says that, uh, through the doors, the blacksmith's daughter, Xanthippe, arrives. Odessa, I'm so glad you're back. She definitely has the aura of somebody who was kind of in the closet this whole time, but just figured out that she might not be like straight and like just super wants to talk about it all the time. And oh. like she just starts hanging on you. 
Manette is still mounting the stairs and she is, uh, I'm rolling a perception check now. I rolled a 17 plus one, which is an 18 for how uncomfortable. Wow, that's really high for her. I know, how uncomfortable is uh, Miss Odessa? Her shoulders are a little stiff. She's trying to decide if she should let this happen or if she should find a way to excuse herself. Mm. And she's leaning pretty hard towards, I need to find a way out of here. And Jim's just kind of like tugging on her sleeve and walking. Jim is on the bar with her sleeve, kind of like trying to pull her away and be like, like the angel on her shoulder where she's kind of the devil being like, well, I mean, like, it was okay. Like, we could do that again. Xanthippi stands up on her tippy toes. My dad's (laughs) not home. Manette has fully turned around now and she's looking at you and realizing that you're feeling a bit uncomfortable. She walks back over and Xanthippi, she brushes her aside and says, excuse me, can we help you? Xanthippi looks at you and she looks up at you. What do you mean by we? (laughs) I put my arm around Odessa's shoulders and I say me and my lovely lady friend here. You see these little tears forming around Xanthippe's eyes, and a tear falls out of it. And she runs out the door crying. No, no, I uh, feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have so much regret for how that panned Xanthippe, out. Odessa's just gonna kind of like look up at Manette and be like, well, that wasn't well thought out, was it? <laughs> I suppose it wasn't well thought out, but you looked a little bit desperate. And I think you and I can make this work in our own way. And I kiss her. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> yeah! <Yes. laughs> Odessa's 100% caught up guard. Like, all of, yeah. Yeah. I rolled a six. She knows nothing. Listen, it'll, no, listen. It'll be fine. <laughs> It won't pay, there won't be any payoff this evening, but you know, she's gonna kiss her at least this time. So I, she lays on this surprise kiss, a very Varisian thing to do, I would imagine. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, she turns around and just, she's like, have a good night and walks off. <laughs> Precisely. She's still sitting there with two flagons of mead and she's just like, I will need both of these now. I was thinking about giving this one to someone else, but now I need both. Jim, <laughs> we're drinking now. <laughs> and as the evening progresses, I think uh, everything kind of fades out. As the morning starts to arrive, we hear a, a rooster go, cock a doodle doo As that moment arrives, Pippa pops up and goes, my carriage! Yes, after she sits up and yells, my carriage, as her first thought. <laughs> She's laughing me across the face. <laughs> A little shakily gets out of bed, kind of stumbles over to... Is, is Did Manette go to bed again? Yeah, Manette already woke up, though, because you yelled. <laughs> Upon waking up, she went, oh, God. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Listen, Manette, I don't exactly know what happened yesterday. I do remember it was just terrible. But <laughs> I, I do need my carriage back from your people. If you could guide me there and uh, help orchestrate that transaction, I would really appreciate it. Oh, uh, certainly. Uh, I, we never intended to steal anything. It was 
simply an adoption if it had been abandoned. Uh, Alinda will give you back your caravan. I mean, not caravan, I'm sorry. <laughs> your carriage. <laughs> I get that. That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> That's probably how Pippa got her carriage, actually. Yeah. You know what? Let me go ahead and tell you the story of how I got the damn thing in the first place. <laughs> oh, how did that there. happen? Well, there was this noble. Handsome man. I, I thought he was all right. Wasn't half bad to look at or talk to. And Well, he may have thought that he was making a sort of donation uh, to my people. Oh, so he thought you were going to be his wife. Is that what I'm hearing? Correct. Well, not, ex- not exactly. Th- that may have been implied in a couple <laughs> places. <laughs> Manette literally laughs. She finds that. <laughs> fully amusing. She loves that. Keep going. <laughs> but I needed transportation. And, uh, you know, he was kind of a dick <laughs> to his people. Yes, all I'm, nobles are. <laughs> I, you know, I so agree. They're awful. Then they have all this fancy stuff. And so I thought, why well, I'd like some fancy stuff. And uh, so I, I got him to donate it to me. Hmm. <laughs> They're quite like this. Now I'm going to need this back because... Well, the four of us are going to need, you know, our ride. Oh, absolutely. I would never... Alinda would never keep anything that didn't belong to her. I'm so excited to meet her. <laughs> so you guys wander out to where the caravan is all set up of the Verusians. And I don't know if Pippa's ever seen a Verusian caravan. Have you? Uh, no, but her mother used to travel with one, so she's ah. really curious. So it is a caravan... Many different wagons full of, there are some that have troubadours who are performing different scenes from different famous plays. There are musicians, there are jugglers, there are craftsmen, all sorts of different caravans. And uh, Minette herself has her own little carriage among all the rest. And she keeps a very tidy, small carriage because she doesn't want to be too cumbersome to the group. But she approaches the most lavish-looking carriage in the caravan, which is surrounded not only by goods, but also performers. And that is the carriage that houses Alinda. And she approaches and says, Alinda! Hello, my darling. How are you doing? I'm pleased to meet you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should I should introduce <laughs> my friend. We have found the owner of the wayward carriage that we found in the forest. Uh, her name. I will let her introduce herself. I'm Pippa Loxley. It's uh, pleasant to make your acquaintance, Linda. Are you the? Uh, what exactly would you call yourself? I go by so many names. Um, Alinda is I think- a harrower. She is a wise woman, an elder of our caravan. Someone who leads the Rorisian people with great pride. I think for you, I am Mistress Alinda, and she sticks out her hand. Mistress Alinda. And Pippa shakes it. <laughs> She's got, well, she, she, like, she grabs as much of it as she can and like makes the up and down motions. <laughs> <laughs> Pippa, you, you observed that she actually has quite a bit of jewelry on her fingers. Definitely somebody who is a leader of men. While she might not have a noble woman's status, much like you, I think she she definitely enjoys the finer things of life. Just Pippa really likes her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and appreciates her enterprising spirit that made her take the ca- to make her take the carriage in the first place. 
I understand that we have obtained something that at one point belonged to you. I've been assured by your companion here that it still belongs to me and this was all a big misunderstanding. She gets a glisten in her eye and she gives a big smile and she goes, that can be arranged, but... I wince at her, Alinda. I see exactly what you are planning. Do not swindle my friend. I can tell you are a lover of games. She kind of, she's like, tell down, simmer down. Simmer down. Alinda. It's over. You're a fan of games, and, uh... <laughs> well, friends here, well, friends here. <laughs> maybe, maybe you want to, to wager your carriage, and you might walk away with something much nicer. What would that be? Well, we have these three treasure chests here, you see. Ooh. And I will let you choose one of them, and you can take all that is within inside. I guarantee you that one of the chests has a value of at least a thousand gold. Well, one may only have a value of ten. I lean over to Pippa's ear and I say, uh, Excuse me, do not trust her. I I do trust this woman with my life, but not with my gold. (laughs) (laughs) Pippa kind of whispers back like, That's a very good distinction. (laughs) I I appreciate that. Alinda, my carriage is easily worth a thousand gold all on its own. So I'm afraid that's not a deal I'm interested in taking. She looks at one of the people and waves him over. And a few minutes later, they put up a wall in front of the chest and you hear some shuffling. And a minute later, the wall goes down and there is a fourth treasure chest. One of these items is worth 2,500 gold. I can tell by your perceptive manner that you are... Somebody who loves games, and I guarantee you this will be a game for the ages. Oh, Pippa's so tempted. (laughs) (laughs) Manette's comment to her is that Varisians are crafty, they're fortunate, and they're quite magical, and I would not necessarily trust that you will win. You are pushing all of Pippa's buttons. (laughs) 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 that's true enough discussion what's the game it's but a simple shell game my dear you just have to find the pebble underneath the shell oh my god I sheathe my scimitar and I put my finger on Alinda and I say you will play this fairly I fully understand that you aim to make a profit and feed the children of this caravan I understand that but I also expect you to play by the rules. The real rules. Of course, of course, we follow all the rules of governance. Alinda, you say that, but you often do not. Roll me a bluff check there. This shell game. That's a bread and butter of freaking grifters. That is a 20. (laughs) That is a non-natural 20, but it's a 20. A Justin 20. She is actually speaking on the up and up. She knows because you're a friend. She doesn't mean she's not going to pull every trick that is legit in the book, but she's going to play it legit. Understood. I look at uh, Pippa and I say, well, it is completely up to you, my friend. This has tripped all of Pippa's weaknesses. She wants to be the craftiest She wants to be the richest. (laughs) She wants to be the smartest person in the room. And she wants to believe that, like, she's got all the luck and all the power here. And uh, she's like, you know what? You're on. Let's do this. 
my carriage against a, well, I'm not gonna play two games with you. I'm not gonna pick which chest you're gonna give me if I win the one that has the most money in it. It's two, it's two games. She peeks up a little bit. What if I change the odd? How? What if I take away the lowest chest so you only have a 500,000 or 2,500 option? Make it, make it two chests and you got yourself a deal. Two chests, one at 500 and one at 2,500. Done. Okay. Wow. So we're going to do a couple rolls here. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm so glad Odessa isn't there. She would be giving you so much shit right now. Just like, Pippa, you are so fucking dumb. Pippa's like patting you on the calf going, don't worry about it. I got it. But you should never <laughs> bet against Alinda. Please, what are you doing? Alinda should never bet against Alinda, me. Alinda, do not take her money. I. Uh... You see this maneuver like, it's almost as if she had haste casted on herself. She is moving at a extreme speed and flipping through the coins. And you're doing a pretty good job of keeping up where the, the where the where the little peanut is. Um, roll me a perception check there, Pippa. Do a good job. Damn it, I keep rolling it behind my fucking. Roll a good rock, like 19. 19 plus. That's what it was. It was a 19, right? It was a 24, y'all. <laughs> oh. She's flipping through there and you're watching and she has these big cuffs on her outfit. And you notice as she's doing that, she flips the bean into her cuff and then she keeps moving the things and then she flips it back in a completely opposite area. So if you were keeping track, you would have completely lost it in that movement. It was completely legit because she didn't take it off, the, take it out. So it's still in there somewhere. But you were able to catch when it went out into her cuff and back out. And so you know with certainty that it is under shell number one. Please, my dear, pick. Alinda has this huge smile on her face. Like she's convinced she has completely fooled you. And uh, yeah, I mean, Manette looks pretty grim as well. She's like watching you and she's very upset. So Pippa like reaches like she's going to do number two. Like she's Mm. reaching for number two and then taps number one. You see Alinda just deflated, like, oh, I can't believe I was beat. I was bested by this halfling kind of look, and she lifts it up, and underneath is the nut. Oh, well, would you look at that? Halfling luck strikes again. <gasps> <laughs> Manette literally gasps. She's like, oh, I can't believe. Alinda, I'm sorry, but this is incredible. I. So there's two chests. Uh. Feeling so panicky, a little sweaty. <laughs> what do? <laughs> yep. What do I do? You know what? I'm gonna. I pick the left one. You open the chest, and inside is a masterwork chain shirt. Roll me a spellcraft check, there, Pippa. Uh, I'm not trained in it. Can I still roll it? Could I do it for her? Yes. Woohoo! Uh, that is a 24. It is a chain shirt that has been glamoured. Which means upon command, a suit of glamoured armor changes shape and appearance to assume the form of a normal set of clothing. The armor retains all of its properties, including weight when it is disguised. Only a true scene spell or similar magic uh, can reveal the true nature of this armor when disguised. I, oh my god, this is like Pippa's perfect piece of equipment. I give her a high this five. I give so her a ideal. hardcore high five. I'm like, hell to the like, yeah, Pippa! 
Pippa smacks that as hard as she can. <laughs> Has to jump up into the air, like pulls Squealing. a mini trampoline out of nowhere and just like pops up on it. <laughs> so with that, uh, she but. walks up and she goes, here's the carriage. Unfortunately, we cannot provide the horses unless you're willing to uh, pay for them. Belinda, stop playing. I'm giving her a dirty ass look. I'm like, come on. Excuse me. Actually, I feel like I made out so well in our transaction. I actually, I almost feel bad. You can keep the carriage. Oh, snub. Oh, We're not going to take it on our journeys? Well, I've been thinking on it. I can swindle a new one out of a noble any day. Well, we'll be leaving uh, <laughs> Pippa's carriage with you then, and I'll be taking mine. And I take mine with me. <laughs> <laughs> Which has a horse and a carriage. I have a horse and a carriage. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, so it all wow. worked out. <laughs> it worked out exactly the same in the end. That's awesome. Plus a horse. Pippa, you played a very deft game there, and I think that builds some of your confidence back up as somebody who's been kind of had the crap beat out of her the last couple Oh, yeah. Days. she was. She's feeling a little bit more like herself now. And we fade out, and um, a little more time passes. Minette, you ride back at the Plot and Hook Tavern around lunchtime, and you see Abraxas there with a giant table full of food. He orders with his st- eyes, not with his stomach. <laughs> uh, and uh, there is just tons and tons of food, and he's just sitting there kind of picking a plate and just eating it, and then choosing another plate and taking a bite out of that, and just kind of going around. I join him, clearly, and yeah, I'm like, I'm watching him eat, and I, I, I ask very quietly... Would it be all right if I joined you for this meal? Oh, yeah, please. Um, oh, please do. <laughs> mm. He just pushes like a plate of bacon towards you. She just starts shoveling food down her gullet. She's the same way as he is, you know, just like cramming bacon down her throat. And with a mouthful of bacon, she leans towards him and says, So I notice you're quite adept at navigating the forest. <clears throat> he, he swallows like a big old, big old mouthful. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've grown up in the wilderness. That's, uh, that's my home. Truth be told, I, uh, this is the longest I've, I've been in a town for, for a while. Uh, but yeah, the uh, wilderness is my home. Forest. My, uh, you could see that his eyes go like all twinkly, like, uh, the mountains, a mist in the morning, the cool breeze against your fur face, face. <laughs> um, <laughs> rocky terrain oh underfoot. It's the songbirds, the howls, the braise, the uh, just the sounds of the wilderness. And he, you notice he just kind of comes alive. He, he's been, well, as you've noticed, he's normally like really quiet. But just when he goes into talking about the outdoors, he just goes on and on. She's absolutely enraptured by this. And she's stuffing her face with meat still, but listening to you with these wide eyes and these... It's like she's completely enchanted by the idea of this forest. And she's like, I've only ever... We spend a lot of time traveling through the forests and then reaching cities and traveling through the forests and reaching cities. It's really the safest way to travel as Verisians, but I've not wandered through the wilderness in the way you have, and I feel that I am lacking something. As someone who 
spends most of their time traveling. I am lacking something, and I hope to learn from you. Pats are safe for the most part, but uh, truly you miss the majesty of the wilderness so if you don't. Uh, <laughs> all you have to do is just step off of the beaten path, and there lies the jewel of Galarian. It's every tree, every leaf. Ah, oh, the smells and sounds. Yes. You know, I think Hilbrexis will go over our trip back in, like pointing out, um, you know, how to spot weaknesses in like the ice, you know, how to keep an eye on markings on trees. He'll also probably share concerns that this is a not the the trees aren't built for this kind of weather. So, I mean, the people need to keep an eye out on, you know, is the snow going to cause some of the trees to come down? Things like that where... Where it's going to be bad for some of the plants. The animals, for sure, aren't used to this temperate environment. This- well, you guys are sitting there eating lunch at Braxis. You kind of hear in the background some hunters talking about a wolf that has been lurking around. And not very knowledgeable that wolves don't really attack humans unless they're in danger. Um, you also listen how they set some traps in the nearby forest to try to capture the wolf. Mm. And they kind of talk about the area. And you have a very good idea where it is. Do I hear mm. that as well? Yeah, sure. So I suggest to him, maybe we should go disable those traps. You read my mind. <laughs> I think this would be a great opportunity to get a lay of the land and for you to really uh, hone in on the kind of the pulse of Galarian. I um, agree. Abrax is going to stuff some steaks and stuff into like his pack. Like, you know, make sure he's bundled up and head on out. You guys wander into the forest and you're kind of just on the outside. I'm going to say it's kind of in the northeast here in this section here. Roll me a survival check. Gladly. Mine was a 19. Oh, uh, 16 plus 13. You have this like very city-fied survival. So you're trying to help out, but you realize that this is a different kind of environment. Um, and Abraxas kind of helps. He he points out the hunters make it really easy to figure out where they went because they are not the quiet, silent type. And there's broken branches and clipped leaves and stuff like that. And so there, you guys are walking through and you come upon this beautiful opening of the trees and the sun's shining down. It would almost seem like the green faith is just highlighting this area. And in the middle, you see this beautiful black wolf and his foot is stuck in a trap. Oh, I'm going to approach. I'm going to use my body language, uh, you know, non-aggressive body language and, um, you know, approach slowly. It growls at you. You know enough about wolves to know that it's more of the fact that you are a human and and it feels basically trapped in a corner kind of situation. So it, it really is going to take a lot of work to coax him down. I'm going to shift down to uh, wolf form and going to, again, kind of use body language, uh, you know, non-threatening. And again, just do a slow approach. Kind of make sure also my body language in relation to Manette that is, like, she's not a threat either. I would say that you spend some time with the wolf doing your body language and kind of communicating the way that wolves do. And then a little while later, Manette, uh, Braxis comes up to you and kind of tugs at your leg to basically come here. And he kind of nudges the trap for you to disarm the trap. All right, I'm gonna roll for, would that be disabled device, I suppose? 
Yeah, and but it's already a, tr- a sprung trap, so it, I, it's not gonna like an easy one. Yeah. I mean, I rolled a twelve plus. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You're just releasing <laughs> the trap, basically. You let the trap open up, and the wolf is sitting there, and he's definitely injured. He's not fearing either of you at this point. All right, then I'm gonna I'm gonna shift back, take out the stakes, and again do. I want to be able to kind of do an approach to be able to touch it because I want to be able to cast Cure Light on it. He, he's going to let you touch it. Oh, then I, I cast Cure Light Wounds. So you see the uh, leg heal up and he goes up and nudges you and then licks your face and then he picks up the stake and then he... I also I also do a lay on hands on for four points. He feels amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. He kind of picks up the stakes in his hand and kind of does like a head nod. Uh, Braxis, you pick that up and you guys follow him for a while and he takes you down this long lumbering trail and into this cavern and inside you see some pups. Oh, they're so cute! And these little tiny wolf pups and he takes the stake and bites into it and chews it up and then spits it out for them Aww, to, to nibble on. Puppy! <laughs> I jump out the... I have no idea maybe pup would happen, but this is what it's going to happen in Galarian. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine, because it's cute as fuck. (laughs) He takes some, and he chews it up, and he spits it out, and he puts it in front of uh, Manette, and he puts some in front of her breasts. She eats it right away. She eats it. She doesn't care. She has no Yeah, I dump the rest of them that have in my pack, because I kind of, like, stuffed a bunch, so I, like, just dump it all there. You see a l- two little pups roll out, and they both pick up a piece of bacon, and they're playing tug-of-war with it Aww. until it finally snaps, and then they go oh off. Oh, my God, puppers. <laughs> I'm going to go wolf and, like, play with them. Yeah, so you guys are having this fun time playing with it. Uh, Manette, I imagine you have this very unique scene that I don't think a lot of humans get to experience. And then after a while, it starts to get a little later in the evening, and you guys know you need to get back for the council meeting. I would say on your way back, you go and find more traps and disarm them as you come along, and you uh, arrive back in the town. Do you have any parting words of wisdom there from Manette there, Abraxas? Uh, Well, I picture as we were looking for the traps again, I, I think at every step I was imparting, like, ways to kind of look out um you know kind of like there's a balance in nature and using that as an analogy of look this this is at a place this does not belong here and as parting words is beasts are people you know we we love we eat we kill but this is the way of the world for you to really find the beauty and you'll see a lot more once we leave the road you'll really see the beauty and uh, sometimes you realize that you know the true beasts are sometimes come in two legs so it's uh i encourage you to listen to the wilds listen listen to the green listen to the white um you know he's from snowy environment (laughs) and i think you'll be good i i really appreciate uh the help you know, these families do their best to, to survive. And isn't that what we all want is, is to survive and be with those that we love. You're incredible, Braxis. I, in some ways, I envy you greatly and I admire you. So the true closing words, uh, he, he'd shift back and he'd let out like a, a, a last kind of like a wolf howl, a kind of like a communication back to... You know, back to uh, the she-wolf and the pups. Kind of like a toodaloo. Do you uh, join him, Manette? I do. I try my best. And then we fade out. 
the evening has come, and um, you guys um, get a note when you're all back at the Plata Hook Tavern to to meet for the council meeting. Yeah, as you arrive, I'm assuming you all want to go to the council meeting because I think you all want more information. Yeah, I would have checked in with Pippa to make sure he's presentable for like a meeting. Like he even Just... like washed it. Well, washed like wet his hair, and he's like, okay, how's how's this? Uh... Your journey into the town hall and council, you are greeted by four individuals, three of whom you already know. As you present yourself to the council, Lady Euonia speaks up. Welcome, adventurers. Let me introduce you to your to my peers. Euonia turns her head to the right. I believe you remember Elder Nathrin Safendare, who actually provided some aid to you last evening, and whom you met in Illyn's room. And she kind of does a, sh- a slight bow. Illyn. Sorry, it's still funny. Chillin' illin' like a chillin'. <laughs> Great <laughs> blessings upon you for returning from such a perilous journey. Iona turns her head to the other side of the table. To my left is the soothsayer, old Mother Theodora. You see an old lady with generous amounts of wrinkles on her face. You kind of wonder if you could count her wrinkles like rings on a tree to guess her age. Like Theodora that. speaks up. It's nice. Thank you for joining us on this chill day. Ionia looks to her left of Theodora. Of course, you all know Lady Argentea. Lady Argentea looks like a completely different person, cleaned of any filth and dressed to the nines. She is looking like a noble woman should. We like walk in and see her and Odessa's like, oh, okay, I see it now. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Pippa kind of elbows her. (laughs) (laughs) Lady Argentea speaks up. Thank you all for coming. While I appreciate the rescue, it looks like we may have a much larger issue at hand. I can hear through the floorboards pieces of conversation between Roker and the Fae. It appears that they have a way of bringing the cold and the Fae of Irisin to our lands. As you fought bravely against several of them, I have no need to tell you that this is a very dangerous time. Erison was once a green and fertile land until the Witch Queen took over, so you could imagine my concern that it may be happening again to the border woods, and might just be a staging area. Lady Ionia chimes in. This is where you come in. Lady Argentina has called for the troops, but they are several days right out. As you know, our forces are meager, and not a group that could go against a threat such as this. We ask that you investigate and put a stop to whatever is happening in the border woods. If we don't act soon and quickly, who knows how far this could spread. Yes, uh, we agree. This is actually why I traveled south. Um, yes, Erison conquered two mighty nations thousands of years ago. Uh, whatever is causing this, and we have reason to believe a, a portal of some sort was open. And it must be stopped. Oh, my. And I, Yoni is actually kind of taken back because she has never seen you in the little time she's known you take such a spoken position. You're usually the quiet guy on the side. So she's a little blown away by that. You'll notice that he'll, I mean, he'll still check with like Pip every once in a while, like do a little nod and then like resume. He takes out the map that he took and like kind of puts it out to point out the, the portal. Manette steps forward and says, this, I think... This is where Kepri has led me. And I believe that this is the duty I'm meant to f- fulfill. I will aid this group. 
I have no particular experience dealing with this kind of threat, but it seems to me that it's a, a pressing danger to the people that live in this town and all the towns in Taldor and beyond, and I will do my best uh, to make sure that it's put, put to a stop. You know, I have seen some weird things in my time, but a terrible Iceland in the middle of what normally would be a wonderful summer getaway is <laughs> probably one of the worst. <laughs> so if I can do anything to return this land to being comfortable <laughs> and not full of terrible ice people and crazy little angry flying people, um, that is something I can get behind. Uh, Lady Yona goes, so it's settled. At morning, you guys will put a stop to this cold, hopefully. As I mentioned, the Taldor heraldry is several days out, and we will try to back you up as soon as possible. But in the meantime, try to help our town and help our country. And we will see you next week. The Fantastic Worlds podcast is a Fantastic Pods production. I would like to thank Amy Hankinson for writing our wonderful theme song, Sirenscape for using the sound effects and music, Paizo for the wonderful Reign of Winter Adventure Path that you all listen to, and listeners yourself. We really appreciate it, and we could not do this without you. Until next week, I am Dustin Alexander. You can reach me on Twitter at Dustin Alexander. I'm Abby, and you can uh, hit me up on Twitter at Bonanza Famine. And this is Angel. You can reach me at Twitter uh, at uh, Espinoza916, and that is E-S-P-I-N-O-Z-A-916. This is Kay, and you can reach me at She's Lady Macbeth on Twitter. And I'm Jessica. You can reach me on Twitter at Hank the Clank, all one word. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, I hope you have many fantastic adventures.